Live from Lincoln Center in the heart of the Dallas Metroplex, this is Nip Talk. An honest and uncensored show about plastic surgery, health, beauty, and lifestyle. With your host, plastic surgeon, Dr. Bruce Herman, and your co-host, entrepreneur and social media influencer, Sarah Bennett. Now it's time to discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly of the topics everyone is talking about. It's time for Nip Talk. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to Nip Talk. We got a great show for you today. We're gonna to be talking about plastic surgery complications. We're gonna talk about Real Housewives of New York City, Bethany Frankel saying that, in, that Instagram filters are the devil. And lastly, we're gonna have some more breast implant torture tests. I'm your host, plastic surgeon, Dr. Bruce Herman. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Sarah Bennett. In the box, we got Trelvis, the man behind the scenes. What's up, Trelvis? Happy Friday, happy Friday. Happy Friday. I love doing the show because I know it's Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I love it myself. Yeah. Friday is always my favorite day. Friday's my favorite day, too. Ditto. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. So, uh, anybody have anything exciting happen this week? Anything interesting around um, the table? I was going to make Halloween cookies with my daughter last night, but it got too late. So, we just got the cookies made. So, tonight... That's a good Friday project, yeah. making cookies with your daughter, Absolutely. Halloween ones. What flavor cookies are they like? Well, they're sugar cookies, cookies so oh, we're just dope. decorating them like purple ice cream. I mean, so, seeing... like, do you have like the shapes of like a ghost and like a witch and all that? No, or? I'm not that hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm expecting like some. But like, we are going to make a fire and have s'mores afterwards. So it's going to be full of sugar. That does sound really good. Yeah, yeah awesome. Well, speaking of eating a lot of food, I did go to the state fair last weekend. Okay, oh, yeah, wow. you said yeah. that. I yeah. went last, well, yesterday. No, I'm sorry, Wednesday. I went Wednesday as well, so. Oh, you did? Yeah. Sorry, did you eat anything like really crazy out there, Travis? Like, like fried tried. beer or something? <laughs> Not that, we tried alligator. Oh, you did alligator? Yeah, it was terrible. Um, <laughs> Everybody well, says it tastes like chicken. Oh no! I think alligator is pretty rubbery. I've had it oh, a couple yeah. times, and like I don't know, it's like it's just not tender, or maybe I don't is it know. Like calamari? Yes, I think so. What do you think? Have you had calamari? I've never before? had calamari before. Oh, okay. But it's a, I, to me, alligator. It tastes like the water that it comes out of. Like it just does not taste great at all. <laughs> water comes out of it. What? What the water that the alligator comes out of? <laughs> oh, it tastes like, tastes like yeah. so you're saying it tastes like a swamp? It does. It tastes like a swamp. <laughs> but we did have fried greens as well. Those are really good. Fried greens? Yeah, fried greens, which is like basically just greens in a pastry. But oh, wow. they fry them, I guess. But it was good. And it was nice. a great experience. At the That's fire. like the biggest thing when I go to the fairs. Because like, I, mean, I don't want to eat like 20,000 calories. Absolutely. But like I want to try everything. So I have to kind of decide like where am I going to put my calories at. <laughs> but I, have, I always, I always, always get one of those Fletcher's Corny's dogs. Have you guys had those? We mm -hmm. ha I have. Yeah, we got one of those. Too. Oh, man. I you love have those. To. It's like tradition. Yeah, it is. Work. I can't go to the fair. Not. And then the other thing I always do on the way out is I get saltwater taffy. Oh, wow. Like, I don't, I, I usually eat pretty healthy. I mean, honestly, but like when I go to the fair, it's like all bets are off. Like, I mean, that's how it's supposed to be, though. Right? Is it? Sure. I don't know. I always feel guilty. Like, it's like, you know, everyone like, oh, gosh, I can't eat for like two days before we go to the fair because <laughs> I got to like save up my calories. Do you play any of the games? I there? do. I do. Like, um, I realize that those games are not made to like win. And oh, even absolutely. if you do win, like you can buy whatever it is cheaper than the cost of the games. But my kids, yeah. my kids love them. And so, you know, we always buy game tickets. And then like my daughter, she's, she's so cute. She's like, dad, can you win me this thing? I'm like, probably not, but I have to try, right? Like, Perhaps not. Yeah. probably not, but I used to be really good. So I played baseball in high school and when they used to have the baseballs and the beer bottles, mm -hmm. like I could do that. Like I was pretty good, but now like I'm getting old. So like, you know, I'm kind of losing my fastball and 
I tried it this time, and uh, yeah, I actually came up a little short this, this yeah, year. It sucks getting old. It does suck getting old, but I don't know, Do you try those games? Are you good at any of them? Um, so sometimes I'll be like brave enough to try the basketball games. Oh, but right. Yeah, other than that. And, and like you said, most of the time they are a scam. I guess. Well, right, because the basketball one, the way they make you lose is they air that ball up so much that, like, if it hits any part of that rim, it's like, Vroom! Absolutely. You have to, like, have the perfect shot. It has to be, like, a perfect swish. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, we didn't – I don't think we – my daughter won something. She was doing one of those games where, like, you know, everybody wins and – she ended up winning something, but yeah, it was That's good. Cool. We rode rides and. What we, ride did you ride? That's yeah, what I was going to ask. Favorite one. Yeah. So I like the one. It's it's I don't. It's called like the Hulk or something, and like it, it's pretty wild. Like they strap you in it, and then it swings, but then it spins. Oh, like wow. and it's really tall. Like it's it's pretty crazy. Um, cool. I always look at those things. I'm like, man, is this really safe? I'm like, well, <laughs> no one's died yet. So, oh, but yeah, that was probably my favorite one. That's but funny. yeah, the fair is always a good time, and the yeah. people watching is great because. Oh, man. You get all kinds of people out there. Yes. I love people watching. Wherever we go, I'm like, oh, Is it oh, like man. going to Walmart, like on steroids, I feel like? Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I've been to – so I've lived in a lot of states over the years, and um, I will say that the Dallas – or the Texas State Fair, I mean, you do get some very interesting people, but, like, when I was, like, you know, in, like in Kentucky – Man, that was like another level of people. <laughs> no offense to Kentucky. I lived here for many years, but you get some interesting folks out there. The I can only imagine. That's so funny. <laughs> we should do like a tour of state fairs and see who's got the best people watching. That'll but, be dope. But yeah, it was good. So yeah, uh, other than that, it's been a pretty, pretty standard week for me. Just work and, you know, doing show stuff and all that. Yeah. Now you got something coming up, and we'll talk about this for a second. Um, you do, aren't, didn't you organize some sort of wine walk? Yeah. You want so, to tell us about that? Yeah. So I organized my store, Rosenthorn. We organized an event for Denton. So Love it's, Denton. Yeah, yeah. So it's called the Denton Wine Tasting Tour, and it's going to be our first one, and we're really excited about it. And I know there's a lot of um, those type of tourism in downtown areas, but I feel like ours is um, the square much, is unique. Yeah, I think it's much more um, elevated experience because we've got um, a winery that's hosting or like not hosting but sponsoring it. So nice. you actually get the chance to buy the wine that, that you're, they're tasting. sampling. Yeah. So, so it's a little bit more like put together and upscale. Yeah, like it's not just like hey. So how many stops are on the uh, on the wine walk? So there's, oh, I think there's 18. So you have to drink a glass of wine at each one? Well, like two ounce pour. <laughs> yeah, you don't have go. to. I'm going to go. I, I, I want to go because, you know, I live pretty close to there. Yeah. And, and, you know, my wife and I are both big wine fans. So we're definitely going to go. Yeah, and um, then, like, most of the shops, like mine, we're going to be offering um, special discounts. So whoever's got, like, their little VIP bracelet. Oh, get, nice. Like, a special discount wherever they are. Awesome. Well, I'm going to have yeah. to go to your, your store first because if I'm at the end of 18 glasses of wine, <laughs> I come in your store. I'm like, oh, Yeah, bring your wife. Yeah, then she can buy her all the clothes. Sarah, <laughs> Sarah you're going to give a discount, but you're going to have the 18 glasses of wine. It's going to be, like, a 200% yes. discount. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 20 is going to turn it like 200%. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool. I, well, if you live in the Dallas area, check out the Ditton Wine Walk. That's Wednesday, correct? Yes. So that's 26. Wednesday, October 26. 26. Yeah. And what time does that start? 6 to 9. 6 to 9. I'll be there. Yeah. We'll take some video. Yes. It'll be fun. All right. So I uh, want to move on to the uh, Plastic Surgery 411. And today we're going to talk about something that I get lots of questions about when people come into my office. And that is... What are the complications of plastic surgery? Because if you're going to go through plastic surgery, I, I do think it's very important that you understand what those potential risks can be. 
Um, and so when people come into my office, I do spend a lot of time with them and go over all parts of, of surgery. But I do talk about the risk because, you know, for the most part, plastic surgery is, is low risk. I mean, statistically, you can look at the research on it. Um, but that doesn't mean that, you know, 100% of the time things go great. And so I think it is very important to educate patients. So we're going to talk about some of those things. So as I said, in general, the risks of plastic surgery are pretty low. And looking at like, you know, what's the worst complication that can happen, which would be death, um, you know, the risk of that is very, very low. Yes. You know, it's actually one in 300,000 for, for elective plastic surgery procedures. Um, but there is one procedure that does carry a little bit more risk. And so uh, I'm going to spring this on you guys. I hope you're ready. So we're going to do quiz today. So we have quiz questions for you guys. Now, don't feel bad if you don't get them. I mean, these are surgery questions. I'm going to win. Oh, it's a competition, Travis. You ready? She says she's going to school you. I like trans talk. All right. So let's <laughs> throw up the first saying. question, Travis. So what plastic surgery has the highest mortality rate? So you can choose between liposuction, BBLs, Brazilian butt lift, tummy tuck, or facelift. And of course, mortality rate means your risk of dying. So tra trash talking, Sarah, <laughs> I'm gonna let you go first on this one. Which one has the highest mortality rate? Um, I know, I feel like it might be tummy tuck, but I'm not really like, Okay, see, I mean, just go roll with it. I know that that I've heard that that one's like the mo like the hardest in terms of like recovery. So you think it might have the highest mortality rate? Maybe. Travis. So I'll say BBL. That was my second one. <laughs> Travis, you are right. Yeah. Dang, I should have known that because I think I we swear talked about you it. talked about it. We did talk about it. I was wondering if you guys would pick that up. Yeah, yeah. so the risk of mortality with Brazilian butt lift is 100 times higher. It's 1 in 3,000 uh, for Brazilian butt lift. And the reason for that... Oh, you're going to tell us. <laughs> yeah, the reason for that is um, there's the risk that... So Brazilian butt lift, for those who are not familiar, is where you harvest fat from one area and you inject it into your buttocks area to kind of plump it up. You see it on social media all the time. I personally don't do them. I, there's a lot of things that are associated with that, and we're going to talk about it in a minute. Um, but they are pretty popular. But the risk of mortality comes from when you're injecting that fat, there's a small chance that that fat gets into your bloodstream because you inject it into a blood vessel and not an area where you want it to. And if you get fat in your bloodstream, it is lethal. It's a very, very dangerous thing. So that's why it carries a higher mortality rate. So crazy stuff. All right, moving on. Um, so outside of death, you know, the other things that uh, we talk about with surgery as far as risk are infection yes. and bleeding. So uh, throw up that next question. So we're talking about 100 years ago, the risk of surgical infection in World War One. So that's 100 years ago versus today. So so answer A is the risk of infection was 100% in World War One versus 90% today. Answer B, risk of infection in World War One, 90% versus 50% today. And then C is 70% and 1% and D is 5% 0%. Do you understand how I... Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, Jarvis, absolutely. Since you got that one right, you're up first, buddy. Oh, man. Which one are you going to say? Um, so if I had to say it would be 90-50. 90, so you think that there's a 50% chance of you getting an infection if you have surgery today? I don't think there's a 50% chance, but I think back then it was much higher. I think today is not as high. So which one are you going to go with? But... Oh, All right, you know what? No, I'm, I'm going like, to change it. I can't see it anymore. <laughs> I'm going to change um, it to C. It's C? C. I'm going to say C. That's the one I was going to go with. C, C? All right, you guys are both right. Yeah. Exactly right. So the point <laughs> is, the answer, the reason I made that question up is to show how the risk of infection has changed over the last 100 years. Mm -hmm. um, it was really high back when we didn't really understand, you know, what was causing infection and how to prevent it. So, you know, 100 years ago, which, I mean, that's a long time, but 
not that long, yeah. um, it was really high if you had surgery. Nowadays, I actually, when I talk to my patients, I say it's less than 1% risk. Yeah, and I feel like back then they were like, yeah, let's not have surgery. Let's just like cut it off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, let's yeah. just cut it off. Yeah. The, so, um, so yeah, things are much better today yeah. from the standpoint of infection. And also for bleeding, which is the other risk that carries with any surgery is, is bleeding, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, I do have another question about bleeding. Uh, so let's throw it up there. So what invention 100 years ago decreased the risk of surgical bleeding? So answer A would be electrocautery, which is electricity. Uh, B, Elmer's glue. C, a stapler. Or D, sponges. Sarah, I'm going to let you go first. Um, I hope not Elmer's glue. <laughs> God, um, I, um, so 100 years ago. Yeah, 100 years ago, something was developed. Sponges. All right, Travis? Mm, 100 years I'll say A. Electrocautery. Trelvis, you're in the lead, buddy. Yeah. I didn't think that, that was like... Electrocautery, yeah. So there's a guy named Bovey who invented a machine that could basically transmit electricity to tissue. And uh, I, I, I think it was Halstead, if I remember correctly, was the famous surgeon that, that saw this machine mm -hmm. on display and then asked him to come and use it in surgery. And so we still call the electrocautery the Bovey, named after... Uh, the man Bovey, which is interesting, like, you know, if you like history, Bovey gave away that patent for $1. Yeah, oh, wow. he patented, he made this machine that we still use today and carries this name, and he sold the patent for $1. Like, and he ended up dying a poor man. Wow. wow. Isn't that crazy? Eesh. But anyway, so electrocautery does decrease the risk of bleeding. Risk of bleeding today is less than 1% as well. So, mm. um, so now we're going to talk a little bit more specific risk. And I want to start out with breast augmentation surgery. And we're talking about what is the highest risk. Because every surgery carries one risk that I say, okay, this is the one we're really going to watch out for. Yes, bleeding is a risk. Infection is a risk. It's really low. But with each surgery, there's one thing that I tell patients. So for breast augmentation surgery, is it one or A, sorry, breast explosion, <laughs> uh, B, infection, C, contracture, which is scarring around the implant, or D, implant rupture. Uh, let's see, who went first last time? I can't remember. I think Sarah Me. went first. Yeah. Travis? Um, so this one was tricky. Uh, I, I feel like it's either, well, I don't want to say, but, um, <laughs> there's I no was, penalty for getting it wrong, buddy. You're it. in the lead too. So I know it. you I like should the, have some swagger, man. Nah, I like the win. Are you confident <laughs> to the end? You know what I'm saying? Uh, concentration to the end. Okay, man. B is what I want to say. Infection. Yeah. I'll say B. Okay. Sarah. Um, couldn't see. Contracture. Sarah, you're catching up. Oh, She's right. Man. Yeah, so contraction <laughs> is scarring around the implant. Um, that is the biggest risk of getting bre uh, breast augmentation or breast implants. Um, if you look at all patients in the United States, the risk of contracture is around 10%, which, you know, that's pretty high when you're talking about things like risk of infection being 1% or bleeding 1%. Now, for people who do a lot of these, the risk is usually lower because there are a lot of people out there doing augmentations that shouldn't. You get non-plastic surgeons doing them. You know, it can be a little bit shady. In my practice, I run about 3%. That's my estimated risk which, you know, that's a lot lower than the national average, but like when I, as many augmentations as I do in a year, that means I get like a couple patients per year in my own practice that get scarring. Now, the good news is, is it's easily fixable. Okay. 
It's easily fixable to fix contracture, but you have to go back to surgery to do it. What do you do? So basically what happens is the layer that forms around the implant forms mm -hmm. too tight. So the first step is you go in and you just make slits in that capsule to let it relax. Okay. And that works, you know, I mean, I say that works, you know, over 90% of the time. How, how do women usually know that they have Great spine? question. So the implant should just blend in with your breast tissue. Okay. Silicone implants feel like breast. If you feel your implant very distinctly, that's kind of the first sign that you have a contracture. And then as that contracture get worse, the implant goes from a teardrop to a donut shape and the breast starts to get really full up top. And then people are like, something's wrong. Nice. So yeah, so that's contracture. All right, next one is tummy tuck. We were talking, we just talked about tummy tuck, you were talking about. Yeah. What is the highest risk of tummy tuck surgery? So A, we got healing issues. B, we got bleeding. C, seroma. So seroma is a fluid collection on the inside. And the last one is death. Mm. So, wait, Travis went first. So, Sarah, you're up. I'm going to say C because I know there's a lot of fluid. Okay, Seroma. All right. Yeah. C was actually going to be my answer as well. C. Okay, so technically the answer is A, but I'm going to give you guys credit for C uh, because there is a caveat. So, I, for me, I think the highest risk is healing issues. It can be up to 20%. Okay. Now, the reason I'm going to give you credit for seroma is because if you do a tummy tuck without using a drain, the risk of seroma goes way, way up. Yeah. And so wow. that could be the highest risk depending on how the surgeon does it. Okay. I personally use drains with all my tummy tucks. So by putting a drain in, it eliminates the risk of seroma more or less. Like if you, like I've had, I just had this happen and you're not going to bleed. So I put these drains in, right? And I tell patients, okay, you know, we'll take these out for you when the time's right. And I, I actually have had patients pull their own drains out. Like, oh, wow. I, it just blows my mind. And I just had it happen. And I even, I, I've gotten to the point now where I tell patients specifically, don't, do not, touch do not pull your own drains out. But I had somebody do it just the other day. And luckily they're going to do fine because they pulled them out pretty late. But the point I was making is that if you pull the drains out too soon, then you can get a stroma. Yeah. Now I'm pretty conservative. So like for me, stroma risk is like really 0%. I mean, I, I never see them. Um, so in my practice, you know, the biggest risk is healing issues. The reason that healing issues are the biggest risk with tummy tuck is that the surgery does devascularize or, or cut some of the blood supply to your skin. And then you're, you're sewing that big incision together and saying, okay, incision heal. And the biggest factor for how well you heal is blood flow. Mm -hmm. And you're doing an operation that affects that. So it makes a lot of sense that healing issues would be your, your biggest risk. And, and what I mean by healing issues, cause a lot of people be like, okay, well, what does that mean? issues with the incision not healing properly. Like it might be scabs on the incision or you can even see the incision open up a little bit. And those are not bad problems. It may sound like a terrible thing, like if you have your incision open a little bit, but really you just treat it with some dressings and they always heal. So yeah, I mean, it kind of sounds like um, C-section because I had a C-section. Yeah. Right, yeah, C-section carries a high risk of healing issues as well. Yeah. It's a little bit different in that scenario. It's not as much blood flow as C-section, it's risk of like bacteria and stuff. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty dirty operation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the same thing. So, all right, moving on to the next one, which is liposuction, I think. Is it Travis? Yep. Highest risk of having liposuction. Infection, seroma, which we know is a fluid collection. Stroke, which is a blood clot to your brain, or deconstipation. And Travis, I think you're up. Uh -huh. Uh, so I will say infection. Infection. Uh -huh. Stroke. You think the highest risk of having liposuction is stroke? Oh no, that's uh. But that's really bad. <laughs> no, that's um. Uh, I was thinking about whatever you were saying. Dr. To put Herman's fat face. back into the body. Oh right, right. Yeah. No, uh, no, that's for BBL. Yeah. All right. So you want to recalculate that? <laughs> yeah. Let me let me do that real quick. <laughs> 
I'm like, I'm going to go with Z. I'm just kidding. Constipation? I was just joking. Oh, okay. <laughs> you're blowing my mind today, Sarah. But that's why you're um, here. Um, <laughs> now I can't think. Okay, I'm just going to go with A because I don't know what else to do. Okay, I forgot. What, now I haven't even forgot what Trump has said. But the he answer, said A. I said A is <laughs> The answer is B, Sarah. Oh, so, uh, dang. Stroma is a fluid collection. You, st you steered me wrong. Dude. I steered you wrong? He did. Oh, Trump just did? Oh, okay. That's why you shouldn't say what I say. <laughs> oh, man. Today is a wheels off day of LA. Okay, so Stroma is a fluid collection. Uh, in all the 13 years I've been doing plastic surgery here, the, I've had one infection with, or sorry, one complication with liposuction. It was Stroma. It is the highest risk. Because what you're doing with liposuction is you're sucking out fat, right? Mm -hmm. So imagine in the body you got this fat, and then I'm going to take it out. Well, what's left? There's a space there, right? And when you have spaces in your body, your body's natural reaction is to put fluid in, in that space. And that is a seroma. Now, the way we combat that is when you do liposuction, you put compression on people. So like a wrap of some sort. And that pushes those layers together so that fluid can't collect. And so um, I've only had one seroma that I know of. And I think the patient wasn't really wearing their binder and it's easy to solve i put a needle in draw the fluid out and i had to do it a couple times but it did solve the problem so okay. um in general liposuction it carries some of the lowest risks in plastic surgery if done properly so yeah all right well, moving on next one is breast lift breast reduction now i put these together because those operations are very very similar the only difference between a breast lift and a breast reduction is a breast reduction has one extra step which is to remove some tissue so what is the highest risk? We got nipple loss, Ooh, that's pretty bad, healing issues, diarrhea, or you end up with three breasts. <laughs> Who's goodness. up? Is it Sarah? Sarah, you get to go first. You get to redeem yourself. <laughs> The three breast thing isn't that from like a movie like it was like a time. total recall yes. yeah yeah total recall that's it damn I, i'm so happy <laughs> someone picked up that is hilarious all right which um, one um healing issues okay healing issues Travis. yeah i gotta say be healing you guys are killing it nice job yeah. that's exactly right so uh just like with tummy tuck when you do those surgeries, you are making a lot of cuts in tissue, you're devascularizing the breast to a certain degree, and you're putting everything together and saying, I want you to heal properly. So if you look at uh, breast lift, breast reductions, the, the highest risk would be healing issues. However, um, if you go to somebody who does a short scar technique, which is why I do that, I, I did a fellowship specific to cosmetic breast and body, and I learned how to do these short scar lifts and reductions, that risk is cut down tremendously. For me, like my risk of healing issues with lift is pretty much zero. I almost never see it. With breast reduction, which is a little bit more invasive surgery, I occasionally see it, not very often. So, but yeah. So if you're out there and you're thinking about doing a breast lift, breast reduction, Find somebody who does short scar, I promise it's worth it. Okay, next one, facelifts. All right, so with facelift, what is the biggest risk? Spontaneous dental implosion, your face completely falls off, <laughs> bleeding, or infection? Travis, you're up. Oh man, um, I don't think your face will completely fall off. <laughs> um, that's the one I want to say though, just because. Just for off, fun. <laughs> yeah, face off with like Nick Cage. And, right, and, face uh, off. Man, you're catching all my little jokes today, Travis. <laughs> I feel like as the questions have gotten, you think like all of your answers or possible answers have gotten yeah. more ridiculous. <laughs> all right, so, then you should nail it. All right, Travis, you're up. I will say infection. It seems like the most like realistic. Sarah. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, D. Infection. All right. Unfortunately, you guys are wrong. Uh, it is bleeding. Okay. It's bleeding. Yeah. So let me tell you why. Because that's, you know, 
Obviously, it's not dental implosion, your face falling off. Um, the face is actually super resistant to infection because it has such an enormous blood supply. But that enormous that. blood supply does increase the risk of bleeding. And so with a lot of surgery, we say the risk of bleeding is you know around 1% or even less. With facelifts, the, the documented uh, rate is as high as 5% looking at, depending on which study you look at. Now, I've done a lot of facelifts. I've never, knock on wood, had a bleeding episode, but I've taken care of people that, oddly enough, that have gone you know, out other places and they come home and they have bleeding and they get a hematoma. So, um, so yeah, with facelift, your biggest risk is, is bleeding. Now, when you go have a facelift, your surgeon should go over ways that you can minimize those risks, like making sure you're not on blood thinners, making sure you're not taking supplements that thin your blood, making sure you wear your compression to make sure that there's no bleeding, having a drain in to control bleeding. So um, there are ways to minimize that. Is there like a certain spot on your face where the bleeding happens? So when you like do a facelift, it's very similar to other surgeries where you're undermining and tightening and pulling. So you have this space in your face and your neck when you do that. Oh. And there's not like one particular spot where the bleeding happens, but the blood will collect in that face oh, so area. Just look like really swollen. Yeah, you go whoop like that. Yeah. And right. the problem with facelift, which makes it more worrisome when you have a bleed is those skin flaps are pretty thin. And if that blood builds up enough, it can actually kill the skin which is a horrible problem. Yeah. So I've never seen that happen. I've, I've, I, as I said, I've never had somebody knock on wood bleed from a facelift in my practice. I've taken care of a couple people that's happened to, but fortunately they bled but didn't have the skin necrosis. Okay. Wow. Yeah, but that's the big risk. All right, so lastly, uh, this is a BBL question, all right? You guys should kill this one. What is, the, what is a risk of Brazilian butt lift? The fat reabsorbs, the fat hardens, asymmetry, or D, all of the above. Sarah, you're up. Um, D. All of the above? <laughs> Travis? Yeah, it's definitely D. That's the one. You I guys make me proud. <laughs> you're absolutely right. So uh, if you've watched much of the show before, you've probably heard me talk about Brazilian butt lifts. I mean, they're not terrible surgeries, but I personally won't do them because they do have some issues. Fat always reabsorbs, the fat can harden. Uh, when it reabsorbs, it doesn't always reabsorb equally, so you can get some asymmetry. So, you know, there are some potential issues. Plus, we talked about the higher risk of death. Yeah, you can die. And you can die. I mean, it's Just not... to get a bigger butt. Yeah, so, um, so I mean, you know, if, you know, if the surgeons are doing those, that's fine. I mean, a lot of people do them, uh, both as surgeons and patients. I personally don't do them. I don't encourage people to do it, but. Just want to make sure people understand the risk. So, all right, I got a bonus question. Now, this one is pretty interesting. Um, and it is talking about what are the highest risks when you're having surgery. And so I get this, and I'll explain it after the end of the question. But which one of these is not a serious risk factor for when you're having surgery? So nicotine use would be like smoking, vape, marijuana use, having diabetes, or being obese. Uh, Trovis, you get the final question. You get to go first on the final question. You kind of tough. But if I had to out of all of them, I feel like diabetes would be the one that's not like a serious. I could be wrong, but. Okay. Sarah. B. Sarah got it. Dang. Last one. So I get this question a lot because, you know, as marijuana has become legal in other states, it does filter in. So I have people ask me all the time, because I'll talk about smoking and then they say, well, what about marijuana use? And, and really it, it, it doesn't affect surgery that much. Like, um, I mean, there are, I'm not saying smoking marijuana is good for you, but like it doesn't yes, yeah. carry the, 
<laughs> that is not the message of today. But uh, when you look at uh, risk factors, it's actually really low down on, on things. Like nicotine use is bad because it constricts your blood vessels. Yeah. And diabetes is bad because diabetics have um, uh, chemical imbalances causing them not to heal well. And lastly, uh, there's a lot of data that shows that if people are obese, that their, their risks are much higher. So, but, but anyway, I want to talk about those complications that can potentially pop up with plastic surgery. Um, if you like this segment, please uh, uh, like and subscribe to our channel. And if you have any questions, leave us a comment and we'll answer it on the next episode. So. I like that. That was yeah, fun. That was fun. I like the questions, right? Yeah, we should Great do more questions. stuff. Yeah, we should do more sure. stuff. And I don't know. Did we take score? Who won? I think he ended up in a tie. I'm... I totally won. <laughs> oh, you, you I feel like I I'm going to go back and I'm going to look. I and won I'm gonna by see one who... point. But Maybe like... yeah. You did win by one point? I feel like I did. I feel like you I did. I don't have. know. I think sure. you might have. I don't know. We'll find out. is not with it. Okay. So next we're going to do a Nip Tuck 911 sort of segment. This isn't like crazy plastic surgery stuff, but it's you know more like celebrity news. So you guys ever watched the Real Housewives of, of whatever, yeah. name your favorite city. So one of the original was, well, the second one was Real Housewives of New York City. And one of the people on there was Bethany Frankel. Now, I was asked, talking to you. You're not familiar with her, Sarah? Yeah, I... I you might recognize her. Face. Okay. Travis, you heard yeah, of Bethany Frankel? I have. She has the yeah, uh, whipped cream line or something like that. Or she has like the, oh, yeah. the martini. That's what it is. Yeah, she does have something like martini that. Martini stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, So Real House in New York City, Bethany Frankel has been on a tear on social media for the last few months talking about how bad that the filters are on social media. And she's saying that they're irresponsibly destructive because they make women feel bad about themselves and they make young women have unrealistic expectations of like what looks normal and so um i, I kept seeing this you know in the feed and the news and i was like okay well, well let's dig in and let's talk about this um because like on face value like you know if you said to me do i think it's bad that people are misrepresenting like you know what a normal body looks like i'm gonna be like yeah that is that's not good, right? I mean, right. we don't want young people, you know, looking at something and thinking that's normal and then comparing that to them themselves, right? Yeah. But then when I started digging a little bit more, I was like, well, maybe there's a little bit more to unpack here. So at first, I do want to show a couple of pictures. These are the pictures that Bethany has posted, and she's posted more. And so this is basically the left one is the filtered picture, and the right one is the original picture. And I had to, like, really look at this for a minute to kind of figure out like what exactly the difference was but uh, if you notice like her waist on the left side is quite a bit smaller than the right I mean it's no it's like when you look at on the left you're like yeah that could be her but then you look on the right you're like oh wow yeah it's definitely thinned down a little bit and also it looks like her breasts are bigger in the left picture than the right I think yeah they look a little fuller there yeah that's the only thing I really saw in that one um when I first looked at it, and of course, you know, I'm looking at it first on my phone, I'm like, these things look exactly the same. Uh, but if you look closely, they are a little bit different. So that's one of the ones that she was uh, posting about how it's different. And then the second one, it's a little bit more noticeable. So uh, you can look at that and you can see that the left picture does look better because you, on the right picture, see that her wrinkles like around the uh, edge of her mouth and her nasolabial folds, which is the line to the side of her nose under her cheek, um, uh, they are definitely less noticeable in the picture on the left uh, versus the picture on the right. And she's using some filter to, to do that. And so, um, yeah, I can see that, you know, definitely in that filtered picture, she looks better for sure. 
Um, I also like when I was looking at these articles talking about uh, Bethany Frankel, you know, talking about how bad the filters are. I found a video that was pretty interesting. And this girl is a podcaster, and I, I didn't go and see what she podcasts about. I think it's lifestyle stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so she did a video on Instagram, and I want to watch. I want to have us watch the video because it was actually pretty interesting to see. So Travis, can you throw that video up? I think by now we're all aware that video editing software exists, but I think something that we don't quite appreciate is the extent of it. I can stand here right now in front of you with my real body, but I can also use an app to make my waist smaller. I can make my hips a little bit wider. I can make my boobs bigger. I can make my waist even a tiny bit smaller than it was. I could grow and get a little taller. I could make my legs slimmer. I can even change my neck and shoulders. And then I can move around. I can exist on your screen portraying a body that I don't own. I can even change my face. I can change the structure of it, the colour of my eyes. I can be anything I want to be using apps and I don't have to tell you. So please let this be a reminder next time you feel insecure because you've seen something on Instagram, that it is very easy to manipulate the image here. Pretty crazy, right? That's intense. So the one thing I will uh, tell you guys, like, I don't know if you noticed it in the video because, like, you know, we're looking at it on screen or whatever. But, like, when you're looking at it up close, you can absolutely see the distortion in the video. Like, yeah. there's no way that you could do that on a video and people yeah. not know. I mean, it's, like, if you go back and look at it, it's obvious. Like, there's, like, the wall is, like, wavy <laughs> from, from her. Like, I didn't notice that when I was know? looking. Yeah, I did notice yeah. that. Um, I guess unless you, like, sitting down. Maybe if you sit down, you won't be able to notice it because yeah. you're not moving as much. But well, yeah. I th or maybe just in like not not so much of like a textured background. Yeah, you you have to do like a sure. blank wall, like yeah. a white wall. Yeah. Sure. Um, but I thought that video was pretty interesting because I mean I know that stuff exists because I may not have seen it before. Um, and but I think her message is pretty good. I mean her message is like you know okay this isn't evil but just be aware that it happens and you know looking at those two people bethany frankel who's you know i mean she's just on a tear about like how how terrible filters are and then you know this other girl is just like okay we'll be aware of it i do kind of like i'm i lean more towards the second girl is like okay let's make sure people realize this right um because there's a lot of things that you can kind of talk about you know as far as these filters go you know the first thing i'm gonna throw up there and i'm i don't hate to dog bethany frankel but i mean she has had plastic surgery. Yeah. I mean, she's admitted to like having breast surgery and she's admitted to like doing Botox and I think some other facial stuff. And yeah. so, I mean, like, you know, is it a little hypocritical of her to like go and modify her body, but then also tell people that, you know, if you use a filter on social media, like that that's bad? Yeah, it's a little contradictory because she's like a living filter. Yeah, right. Yes, she's a living filter, <laughs> a living right? Filter. And I mean, and we all do that. I mean, I'm not saying that getting plastic surgery is bad either, no. but like it is a little bit, you know, odd for her to like get on, you know, and also she, she I mean, she, she's super rich, by the way. I was looking, she's worth like $80 million from all of like the Real Housewives and like all her business. She's like very well off. I mean, she can buy like all of these skin treatments and makeup and like all of this. I mean, makeup too, right? I mean, a lot yeah. of women use makeup. Is that the same argument that like if somebody's using makeup that like that's not real life? I mean, I don't know. Like at first when I saw Bethany talking about that, I was like, oh yeah, okay. But then... I don't know, the more I think about it, like, you know, if you're like a, a girl sitting, you know, at home and like, say you, you know, can't afford to have plastic surgery and say, 
you know, you can't go and get Botox and, and you can make a filter, you know, make you look a little bit better. Is that a bad thing? I, yeah, I, I think it's the prime example of you shouldn't throw stones in a glass house. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you. Right. I mean, I, I do think, you know, I, I'm going to be the first person to say that, like, I, I it, it bothers me when women look at stuff like in the media or on social media and then they they get down on themselves, mm -hmm. you know, right. because I think the second girl's message is the message you should say. Everything that you see is probably altered to some degree. People either alter themselves or they're altering their pictures. And so when you look at that stuff, you like, I mean, you have to go in with the thought process that this is not real life. Yeah, that's social media is such a weird place. Like, I know it's, it I is mean, a weird place. Besides, it's like a bizarro universe. Besides like physically altering, you know, like how it does that, like, People do that with their personalities on their They too. do. I mean, I Absolutely. do so, that. I, yeah, like you're not. Like, I'm not this my, like blah. Like, like I'm know. not always happy 24-7 yeah. and always working out all the time. I know, or, you right? know, stuff like that. So I think it's funny when people, people think that that's who I am yeah. 100% of the time. Or when people are like they appear happily married and yeah and then behind the scenes you never know what's happening behind, behind the scenes they yeah, freaking totally. hate each other somebody <laughs> put it the perfect way one time and i always think about this when i look at social media it's nothing but a highlight reel you yeah. know it is I mean? it's yeah. just literally total just a highlight, highlight reel, reel. Um, yeah so. it's funny like talking about the personality stuff because like you know i mean i mean i have like my personality here on the show i'm a little bit more you know great yeah. i'm a little bit more b because like you know I'm, I'm a you know sometimes a pretty quiet guy and like um so when i was doing a lot of live streams which really is kind of this what how this show spawns you know i was the same way on the live streams as i am now and then i would make posts like at home and it's like me just sit around and be like hey what's up you know and people were like who is this guy you're not the guy i see on the live streams uh but yeah it's pretty pretty funny like um yeah how social media just like it, it, it's not real life and so i don't know like i i i personally tell people if you want to use a filter go for it i mean the one thing where i would really be against it is if you get like like an influencer who was say for example using filters and then saying oh i got this from working out or i got this from using a product maybe that i'm selling yeah right i mean that would be like definitely out of bounds but you know that's illegal is it i don't like, know it's like it's like a company's like here can I, you like advertise for us and then they're like I, use this filter I, it's definitely yeah maybe fraud i don't know i feel like yeah. it's a slippery slope false advertising yeah, false advertising slope. that's it yeah. yeah definitely bad business practice so i mean i'd have a problem with that you know or you know, it, but even celebrities, right? Like if a celebrity is running around using filters and constantly posting that on social media and then they go out and like, you know, People Magazine takes their picture, everyone would know, right? you know? So it's like, I don't know. I just don't think it's quite as big as a problem. You know, to all those people out there, if you want to use a filter, go for I it. I use filters. Yeah. I actually, I was going to ask you guys, you use them? Mm -hmm. I, I don't like the only filter I use maybe to change like the lighting. Like I don't change, I don't use filters to change my body. No, I don't use a filter to change my body. Okay. Uh, there's like a... I, well, I didn't know if you used one maybe like, I don't know. The, I've been saying you're doing that, but <laughs> <laughs> this is not the real you. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's all animated. <laughs> but, yeah, I use one, but it, I think it's more of like, it's almost like they um, put makeup on you. Like oh, the, really? It's like more yeah. of like a makeup thing. Not, so, not like a, I'm going to make your face smaller. Smaller, Or yeah. like your... I, uh, no. <laughs> I'm not, so the one social media platform I'm not on is, I mean, I am on it, but the one I don't use is Snapchat. 
But I, the other day I was messing around with my daughter and I was like, oh my God, there's like all these like crazy, look, I'm a dog, look, I'm a witch, you know, I, those are kind of fun. I mean, I think Snapchat always has the best ones do they? Like for funny ones. Yeah. I just, I had to draw the line at social media platforms. Like, cause I was on like Instagram and TikTok, Facebook. I was like, I just don't have time for Yeah. Snapchat. I don't have Snapchat. I have it, but I never use it. Like I get all these alerts, like oh, so-and-so wants to be your friend on Snapchat. I'm like. Yeah, maybe next year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to kids; they use Snapchat a lot. Oh, and my it's funny about Snapchat. My daughter has like this two-year continuous record for sending a snap to someone. Oh, wow. And then she had to go to camp, and so she's like, "Please, please, every day send a snap to." It's like uh, Megan, our our nanny, who is not with us anymore because my kids are grown now, but. Yeah. She, uh, she sends a snap every day for like two years. So we had to do it for a while she was at camp to keep some streak up. That's yeah. cute. The younger yeah. generation like, loves it. I feel like Snapchat, at least for me, is like uh, an excuse for guys. Like instead of asking for your phone number, they're like, what's your Snapchat? Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> That's is it, funny. Travis, is that, is that a thing? I Travis get asked that co-sign. all the time. <laughs> I cannot co-sign. But um, <laughs> I've, I've, I've heard that like when in a friend of mine, we were having this conversation. Um, sometimes guys will ask for your like social media instead yeah. of like your, your phone number contact. Yeah, like, like your phone yeah, number. Yeah, I've done that before. Yeah, but that's I hadn't heard the Snapchat thing. I, but I've been out of the dating scene for sure. a couple decades now. Sure. So I have a friend that's funny. Like one of my really good friends. Well, he was up here a few times in the booth, Robert. Mm. You know, he's on those things. And so he, he tries to like keep me up to speed. And he'll like sometimes give me his phone. I'm like, oh, let me. And I'm like, is it left <laughs> or right? Like which one is like the good one? I have never downloaded one of those. You haven't? Yeah. My friends have always asked me to do it. I don't know, man. I think, you know, I mean, obviously I've been married a long time and I don't foresee me being on the dating scene anytime soon, but I don't know, like the online dating to me, like, it just seems cumbersome. Like, it's just like, it's like hard enough to get to know people when you're like with them. But then like now first you got to like get to know them on like an app. I don't know. Like. I, mean, I like one-on-one -on -one interaction just because nothing gets lost in translation. Right. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, totally, yeah. you can't misinterpret somebody's tone if you face the face. Yeah, you're right, right there with them. Right. So, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not a So, fan. you're not on the, uh, what is the big one? That is it? Tinder? I don't know. There's like Hinge, Tinder. Yeah. Uh, you can't even keep up with them because they keep popping up. Yeah. yeah I don't yeah. know. All right. Well, that was fun. All right. So, uh, yeah. So use filters if you want. I think it's okay. Or don't. Or don't. Or don't. Or don't. Or don't, don't use social leave media it, at hey, all. Well, that, leave us a comment. Do you use filters? Put us a comment. Let us know. I would like to see what you think about that. And give us a like and subscribe if you like that segment. All right. Moving on. So this one's going to be pretty fun. And this is I'm, I'm going to quiz you guys again because we're about to talk about how strong breast implants are. And I get this question all the time when people come in my office for breast augmentation consults. And the reason I thought about this segment is because I, I did a few augmentation consults this week. And I had one girl ask me if I fall off my horse, will the implant rupture? And the other girl asked me this one yesterday. She's like, I ride dirt bikes. If I crash my dirt bike, what is the chance of my implant rupturing, right? And so um, over the years of being on social media, like just for giggles, I've done a lot of like torture tests on breast implants. I have like boxes of these things in my office. Yeah. Like we get all these samples. And so, you know, we'll sacrifice an implant to science to see if like, if it- Science. Yeah, to science. Si I love this to science, science part. Science. Yeah. Um, so, um, so I'm gonna run a couple videos, but before we roll them, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you guys. So the first one is me smacking implants with baseball bats like but like as like somebody's pitching to me and me hitting it and then the second one i'm gonna run over it with my truck <laughs> so i want you to all right so let's see uh who wants to go travis you go first because i think you won the last thing so all right so is it gonna survive the baseball bat um yes 
Okay, is it going to survive being ran over with my truck? Uh, <laughs> yes. Okay, so you got two yeses. Sarah? Yes. Yes and yes. Okay, let's roll the baseball film. We're going to do the implant survivability challenge this episode. Baseball bat. Okay, if you have breast implants, don't get them hit by a baseball bat. <laughs> oh, yes! Oh my god, this right, one's, we can this do one's a heavier. That's the problem. Let's get a better hit. One survived, and we had one not survive. So we should do two out of three. scientific study two out of three implants hit with a baseball bat survived implant survivability challenge <laughs> so two out of three survived so i guess i guess technically that would be a survival yeah sure. yeah so we'll we'll say that you guys are right nice <laughs> that was pretty fun like uh it looked really fun it was really windy that day as you can tell but that was a lot of fun like we it, and it took us a while because um that that was uh my uh nurse morgan you know pitched it to me like you know we were like on like a, like a real baseball field and we were trying to i didn't want to hit her with the implant right absolutely so it took a few takes to like you know get a couple of good hits on it but yeah that one came up i got really got a hold of that first one it was pretty funny because it kind of came right at the camera yeah you got you got a, you got a good swing I, yeah, I used to play baseball back in the day, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, so yeah, implants survivability for baseball bat is probably gonna survive. Sure. All right, let's roll the next clip. Gosh. So after yesterday, where I made a video putting a breast implant through a series of torture tests and it survived, everyone was like, "Run it over with your truck." Well, I know it's gonna pop, but let's do that shit for science. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god, it didn't pop! What the hell? I was really surprised that it didn't. I thought for sure it was going to rupture. Now, I think if I had put it all the way under the tire, it might have ruptured. Because it was almost like it all just kind of squeezed out to the side. Yeah. And then when the tire came off of it, it just came right back in. Yeah. I know you talk about all the time, too, like how durable or how like tough and yeah. strong that they actually are. So. Yeah. So uh, kind of digging into that, um, they are very vulnerable to sharp damage. And so one of the things, like as a surgeon, you have to be careful with is when you put them in and you go to close the incision, like mm -hmm. you, you can't nick them with like a needle or a knife or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you can. The shells are not like paper thin but like you can cut them much much easier than you can like yeah. break them open with blunt force trauma right. so um, so a couple things I tell my patients because I get these questions about like are you know how tough are these breast implants they're very tough I mean I've seen many people come to my office and they're like I was in a car crash my whole chest is bruised I have implants <laughs> you know what is the chance my implants are ruptured and I mean, a couple times when people look really beat up, I'll send them to get a CT scan or MRI. I haven't found anybody that's ruptured their implant from trauma yet. You know, implants can rupture with age, like when, you know, they're years and years old, but like trauma, I just haven't seen it. Like it's, yeah. it's not really a thing. So, you know, if you are an active person, you get a breast implant, you don't you know, have to worry about them just like popping because you know, you, ride a horse or ride a dirt bike or I'm whatever. not I'm not gonna lie, Dr. Herman. I'm more um interested in these women who are riding horses and dirt bikes uh coming through your office. Dude, I met a girl yesterday. <laughs> she was very interesting. She was from Germany. Um <laughs> 
And uh, she, you know, she's talking about wanting to get breast implants. She's like, yeah, I ride dirt bikes. And she rode horses, too. And she's like, I like to shoot bow and arrow. I was like, wow, you're like a really interesting <laughs> person. Like, Thanks. I got to come by the office more often. What is yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, come on, man. Come with me. Help me out there. You're yeah. going to be an intern. Yeah. <laughs> you can be my intern. Yeah, it'd be awesome. I got my hands sterilized. I'm ready. Yeah. Um, so the other thing I just want to kind of like uh, say about breast implants, you know, is like what is like the maintenance or life expectancy? Because that does kind of go along along with you know how tough they are. So the FDA wanted people to get MRIs every few years to check for rupture and they wanted people to get them replaced every 10 years. And they still technically say that, but no one really does that anymore because yeah, because it's like 11 or 12. Yeah. So what I tell people personally is I say okay, this is what the FDA recommends. I I personally don't recommend you do that because you're going to get a lot of MRIs that are completely normal and I think it's a bad idea to change a plan at 10 years because these implants nowadays are, I, we don't even know how long they're going to last because they're lasting longer than they've been out. The new generation came out in 01 mm -hmm. and we're really, I've, I've replaced like maybe one set of like the new generation that's ruptured, but literally that's it. Yeah. Um, so if you go in your placement every 10 years, you're just putting people at risk by opening them up and, yeah. you know, and putting new implants in. So I tell my patients, if your implants aren't bothering you, don't worry about them. If you notice anything whatsoever, like your breast hardens, change shape, come see me, then we'll look into it. So, all right, if you like that segment, please give us a like, uh, subscription would be great. Leave us a comment, we wanna know. If you have an idea of what I should do to a breast implant, please leave a comment. <laughs> I will do it, I have boxes of these things. I will try yeah, it out. Yeah, and then I can be in the video. Yeah, yeah, we could do like a- Messing up boob implant <laughs> come help me Travis. get you out there too buddy let's do it all right like, all right do we got any time for questions Travis? yeah we do we all do right. any do questions out there in the interwebs we do we actually have a few do um okay. so first question how often uh do patients have to go to the hospital after plastic surgery okay uh well that would depend on if they mean do they have to stay in the uh, hospital because the surgery is so big or if they mean for complications. Mm -hmm. So let's, we'll answer both questions. I'm not sure what they mean. Sure. So if you're talking about if you have to stay in the hospital overnight, that's very, very rare, uh, especially if you're talking cosmetic surgery. Now, if you're talking like reconstruction surgery, the answer is sometimes. Like if I'm doing a breast reconstruction where somebody's getting a mastectomy and getting a reconstruction at the same time, we do keep those people overnight. Um, but that's really about it as far as plastic surgery goes, at least for things that I do, all the cosmetic stuff I do, they go home the first day. Yeah. They, they don't stay overnight. Now, if you're talking about complications, um, well, you'd have to think, okay, someone has a really, really severe complication. So uh, let me think about the 12, 13 years I've been in practice. Um, I know I had one patient that had an anesthesia complication and she had to go to the hospital uh, because they, they were having trouble getting her off the ventilator. She was an older patient. Now she ended up being totally fine, but she did have to go to the hospital. Um, I had one patient like many years ago that got really constipated after surgery because she didn't let us know she wasn't having bowel movements and she was taking pain medication, which slows down your bowels mm -hmm. and she let it kind of get away from her. And she actually had to go into the hospital to kind of get things moving again. Um, and she ended up being totally fine too. Um, Really, as far as like hospital admissions, that's the only thing I can remember. Now, I'm not saying that's it because I mean, I've operated on like thousands of people and there may have been 
one or two more, but I don't remember them. Yeah. So going yeah. to the hospital is pretty rare. Like that would be super, super rare. Yeah. Understood. Understood. Yeah. Um, before we get to the next question, Robert Dreschel said we should do golf with the implants. That's my buddy Rob. Yeah. What's up, Robert? <laughs> golf with the implant. All right, man, implant. we'll do it. Yeah. That's I just keep envisioning that a uh, scene from Office Space where they're like destroying the, the printer. printer. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's what I keep thinking. We got like happen. the music playing in the background. Yeah. We're like going to town. In a random Robert, <laughs> we're going to do that. We'll get, we'll, we'll get a group of us out there. And we'll have Hilarious. to get small implants, though, because it's got to sit on the T. Yeah. yeah. That'd be interesting. Yeah. I'll get, I have a couple of really small implants. We'll try that. Hilarious. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, the next question is um, Have you ever had to ask uh, to be a plastic surgery? Oh, I'm sorry. Have you ever had someone ask? to have their plastic surgery look like a filter. Oh, filter. Oh, a filter yeah. question. Um, no, not specifically. Now, interestingly enough, um, I did when I was doing the filter research for mm -hmm. the segment that we just had, mm -hmm. um, I did see an article that said that there is a trend of people asking to have plastic surgery to look like their filters. Yeah. I personally have not seen that. Um, I would maybe believe it because, you know, sometimes people will – will come to my office and say, I have a picture of like what I want to look like. A celebrity's nose or something. Right, like yes, yeah. Or a friend's boobs or whatever. <laughs> and for real, like, that happens. <laughs> and so I could potentially see somebody like, you know, doing a filter themselves and bringing it in. I, I haven't seen it myself, but there is an article out there saying that that is a, a trend. So oh, wow. um, yeah, I mean, it happens, it hasn't happened to me. Yeah. After we talked about the elf ears, I don't think anything is like, you know, out of the I'm scope. I'm still like, Romancing the idea of trying the elf ear thing. I, I, I don't I haven't found a plastic surgeon said they would do it, but I yeah. I don't know. Like were you here for the elf ear thing? Yes. You were? You've been here so long now, it's like you know I've only missed a few episodes. Yeah. You're like an old you're like the OG. I was about to say Sarah's an OG. <laughs> yes. OG Sarah. All right. I think that's about all the time we have today. Yes indeed. Uh, great episode. Thanks so much, both of you guys, for playing along with my uh, my crazy games. For everybody out there, please give us a like and a subscribe, leave us a comment. And we'll see you next week on Nip Talk.